why don't you come off that cross? And he's just hung there quietly, didn't he? Why don't you come off that cross? If you're God, why don't you come on down? And he took all that for me. For you. He didn't come off the cross. He suffered a death that we can't even comprehend. For me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. You're in your Bibles, Genesis chapter 12. Thank you, Brother Williams, for reading that. Genesis 12 this morning. This is the call of Abraham. It sounds as if God called him at an earlier time, because it says in verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, and he details it here in, in this uh, beginning of chapter 12, Abraham. He's, uh, he's later going to be called Abraham. Right now, in the, the scripture saying his name is Abram. And Abram, the name Abram means high father. Okay? God had a plan for his life. But after his time, uh, you remember where he was sidetracked for a little while and he was down in Egypt and, and all of that. And then he... Uh, uh, Hagar, and, and he had Ishmael and all that. God changed his name to Abraham, which now means the father of many nations. God said he was going to make of him a great nation, and then he got a little sidetracked, tried to do things his own way, and now he's the father of many nations. God changed his name. But I find it interesting in verse 4, I'm going to read that verse again, verse number 4. I'm going to draw your attention to a specific detail here. It says, so, Abraham, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. Where did he leave from? Haran. What's he doing in Haran? Why is he in Haran? We read through the Scripture... And if you're a student of the Bible, you know that it's often talked about Abraham came from another place called Ur of the Chaldees. What's he doing in Haran? Haran and Ur are not the same place. They're two different places here. And so multiple times throughout the Scripture, through the Old Testament, it says that he, uh, Abraham came out of Ur of the Chaldees. And I'm going to lay out a map here in just a few moments and try to help us to understand a little bit uh, of what, uh, what God wants to bring out here. And, uh, uh, but he came from Haran. Why is he in Haran? There's one simple reason. Because that's where his daddy was. Look with me back to chapter 11. Right at the end of the chapter. In my Bible, I don't even have to turn a page. It's on the same page. Look in chapter 11. And uh, we see as they're going through the genealogy here, at the, uh, coming down, it says in verse 26, that Terah lived and he begat these sons and uh, then their sons had sons and all that. One of them died, one of Terah's uh, sons died, it was Abram's brother. And uh, then we get down to verse 31. Look at chapter 11 and verse 31. The Bible says here, and Terah, that's Abram's father, and Terah took Abram his son and Lot the son of Haran his son's son. Now Haran is a name and it's also a place. Don't get confused by that. It's a name and it was also a place. There's not a connection there. All right. And Terah took Abram his son and Lot 
the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. So where were they? They were in Ur of the Chaldees. Where were they headed? It says here, it says they were headed to Canaan. And it says they came to Haran and dwelt there. This is important. Verse 32. And the days of Terah were 205 years. And Terah died where? In Haran. Where was he headed? Look at verse 31 again. It says, and Terah took Abram. Terah took it. He, he took his family. He took his son. He took uh, his son's wife. He took the, 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 uh, his grandson, Lot, who was his, uh, Lot's father had died. And Terah is taking his family. And look what it says here at the end of verse 31. They went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. What is the land of Canaan? Somebody help me. It's the promised land. It's Israel. And back before Abram, Abram got there, it was the land of Canaan. It was the Canaanites, descendants of, of um, uh, the sons of Noah that had settled there. They were not uh, of the line of, uh, of Seth and of the godly line there of the, through Noah. And, the, and uh, as God reigned through certain men there um, and living and, and being preserved and the word of God and the, and the faith of God being preserved. This was, this was the son that was cursed because uh, of what he did with, to his father. Okay, But here's the Canaanites. And we see a, a, a people that worship a lot of different gods. God called Abram to go into a place he did not know. To the land of Canaan. Abram walked by faith, not knowing where he's headed. And God brought him into a place. And then he said, I'm going to give all this to you. As far as your eye can see. And, and he promises this land to him. But I find it interesting that before Abram, his father was headed the same place. Isn't that what the Bible just said right there? His father was headed to Canaan. In chapter 11. This is Terah, Abram's father, was headed to Canaan. Now, what happened? Well, I'm going to call him granddaddy, just so we don't get him mixed up. All right, Terah, the granddaddy, right? Lot's grandfather. He says... Uh, well, we're going to Canaan, so let's go. Load up your camels and your everything and pack it all up. We're, we're headed out. We're going, to Can- we're going to Canaan. And they start, and, they, and they, they're headed to Canaan, and then they stopped, and they dwelt in a place. Maybe it was, a, a, maybe just stopped for a night. Maybe uh, they, ran, they ran out of some, some water or some funds, or they ran out of this, or whatever the reason, they stopped along the road. And they never got back again. Never got back on the road again. It says right there that he, they dwelt there and Terah died there. His intention was to go to Canaan. But he never made it. He never made it. Let's lay out a map this morning. Can you help me with that? Let's lay it out. Let's figure out what we're talking about this morning. Let's make our sanctuary the Middle East. All right? I know in Martinsburg right now that that way is north and that way is south because there's a highway out there that's doing that. Okay? I know that. But let's forget what we know for a minute and let's lay out a map so we can make sense of this. 
Let's just pretend that the baptistry is to the north. Okay? And we're in the Middle East. The baptistry is north. What does that mean? That means to the west, there's a big old sea over here, isn't there? Called the Mediterranean Sea. You with me? Let's pretend, and I'm going to come over here, and I'm sorry I'm going to interrupt and all this stuff. Uh, all those that are doing cameras, have fun, okay? Because we're going to have fun today. All right, good. Let's just pretend, some of you can't see me. I'll be over there in a second. All right. Let's pretend this is the Mediterranean Sea here. You with me? Let's lay out this map. That's north. This is the Mediterranean Sea. Right over here. Look, wouldn't you know? Brother Shank's over here like promised land Israel. No, no, wait a minute. He's over here. He's like a Philistine. Look at this guy. He's right up against the water. Okay? Brother Will, he's like, yeah, I got Jerusalem right there. Okay? All right. So, so that's, that's the promised land. That's Canaan. You with me? That's the, that, that's the Mediterranean Sea. That's the land of Canaan. All right? And then we come all the way over here. Try and do it fast. I know my time. I've got to watch that clock. And then we got over here. When you get way back over here. You okay? Yes, sir. You sure? Brother Nipe over here. Right up against, he's right up against another body of water called the Persian Gulf. With me? Can you think in your mind? Maybe you have a map in the back of your Bible and it would help you to look for it. If you've got a big map of the Middle East, we've got the Mediterranean Sea on that wall, and we have the Persian Gulf way over here. You know what's right above the Persian Gulf? There's rivers that come out of the Persian Gulf. There's one that goes straight like this up to the north, like it was going back behind the platform here, and then curves over to the baptistry. That was called the Tigris River. Then there was another one called the Euphrates that came over this way, and it didn't go due north. It kind of bent over like this, like I was headed to the pulpit, like up this way. And that one was called the Euphrates River. You know what, you know what water brings? Water brings life. It brings green things. It brings a, a fertile ground and all of that. Now, you know what all you all are down here? Sorry, balcony, if you can't see me. Right here on the, on the ground floor, right here. You know what all y'all are right here between all that, between promised land and between Brother Steve over there, Brother Knight? You're all desert. You're all dry and deserty. I got my brother right here, my brother Jim right here. He's, he's dry and desert. Okay, that's, who, that's him right there. You got that? You just own that for the day. All right, good. All right, everybody with me now. So we got the Mediterranean Sea. We got way over there the Persian Gulf. And we got a bunch of desert in between. History tells us, and logic, when we look at the map and where the water is, this was all desert that people did not travel. You did not go from Brother Nipe over here to, to, to Brother Wild or Brother Shank over here. You didn't travel straight across because there's nothing there. You wouldn't, you wouldn't uh, uh, be want to walk along there and run out of water. It's a big desert. So what did people do? They traveled something called the Fertile Crescent. The Fertile Crescent. It was a half moon shape. So stay with me now. We're down here. It's something called the Persian Gulf. The water over here. Brother Knight. All the way over here. And right above that, where those two rivers are, that's where Babylon was. That's where the Tower of Babel was. That's where we believe the Garden of Eden might have been with the rivers that are listed in the book of Genesis. Way over here, just north of the Persian Gulf here. 
That's where Ur of the Chaldees was. Didn't we say that's where Abraham came from originally? Ur of the Chaldees? Okay, that's where Terah took them out of was Ur of the Chaldees. That's right here north of the Persian Gulf, right here, way over. Like modern day Iraq and all that stuff, all that, okay? And there was, there was a fertile crescent that went with the rivers that came off of that. And it didn't, it, it came up like this, half moon shape, you know, getting away from the desert, right? We're coming, way up, we're coming up here like this. Everybody with me? I'm trying to lay out a map for you. Okay? And a fertile crescent, and it's coming down like this, and then it bends back down here towards the promised land. And, okay, so we have desert down here. We have Persian Gulf and Babylon and Ur of the Chaldees, all that. And we have this fertile crescent that comes up and bends back around right there. That's where the water was. That's where people traveled. The, the wise men come looking for Jesus that came from Babylon area where, and even west of that, or excuse me, even east of that where Daniel was and all that. They would have traveled the fertile crescent to get over to Jerusalem. Okay? They came to Jerusalem first seeking the Savior. Okay? When, when the book of Ezra, when the people came back from captivity, they traveled the fertile crescent. In Nehemiah, they came back again. They traveled the Fertile Crescent. They wouldn't have come across the desert. So, keep with me now. Here we are. We got Terah, Abraham's father. And he's got Abraham, and he's got Sarah, and he's got Lot, and he's got his whole, whole place. And they're leaving out of where they're from right here. Ur of the Chaldees. And they're coming along, and they're traveling the Fertile Crescent. And they come to the north, and they bend around this half moon shape up here. And they start seeing road signs. Heron. Heron's a good place. Stop off in Heron. You can make money in Heron. Whatever the case. You with me? I'm, I'm, making, I'm trying to add to the story a little bit. Just trying to help us understand it. You know when you're traveling and you get 10 minutes down the road and certain people in your party are going, you got a restroom? We don't know what that's like, do we? We don't know what that's like at all. Okay. And, uh, and you, get, you get another 15 minutes down the road. I'm picking on Brother Kidwell because it's just easy to pick on him. He's just, I just like picking on him. Okay. All right. Moving on. And, uh, and you get down there and you, and you look for a restroom, right? You look for a place to stop. Sometimes you've got to stop when you're traveling. Heron might have been a place that was flashy. It might have been a good place to stop. It might have been a, a place where they could get more resources. Whatever the case was. Heron was located on the Fertile Crescent about midway, but it was far to the north. It was literally like being in the baptistry. You with me? Everybody follow me here this morning? We got Ur of the Chaldees over there. We've got the Promised Land or, or Canaan over here. And we've got Heron up here in the baptistry. Terah left with his family over here, traveled the Fertile Crescent, Stopped in Haran, way up here to the north. Dwelt there. Never left there. Died there. When I find in verse 31 that he left Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. He never made it to where he was headed. Never did. 
It says in, in, uh, it says in Genesis chapter 12 here, verse, uh, verse 5, it says, And Abram took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten where? In Haran. Abram got wealthy in Haran. He got wealthy. He grew greatly. All the souls, all the people that were now serving in his house, and all the animals and all the things that he had gathered there, Abraham collected wealth to himself in the place of Haran. That's why I'm saying it's possible they stopped there because they needed something. They needed some more resources or they needed, uh, they needed to make a buck or something. But they got stopped and they got distracted. They got sidetracked and never continued. Now we get to chapter 12 and God says, verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land I will show thee. Not just where you were born, but now I want you to leave your daddy's house where he stopped and I want you to keep on going and I want you to get there. Now we know from scripture that God intended Abraham to be in the land of Canaan. We know that. Is it possible, as we think through this, trying to understand what the Scripture says here, is it possible that God called Abraham to go into Canaan, he told his daddy about it, and his daddy said, oh, man, I'm all in this. Let's go. Let's do this together. He's still, in that culture at that time, the oldest males got a lot of leadership in the home. Okay, Abraham would be the spiritual leader for his kids all the way up until he died. Right? His daddy's the same way. All right? But we know his daddy, the Bible says in the book of Joshua, that, uh, that his daddy served other gods too. In Joshua 24, it says, You came from out from your fathers, even, he even names them, and Terah, and they served other gods. The possibility here that I think about is, did Terah mean to help his son Abram get to the promised land and he got distracted along the way. He got sidetracked, ended up serving maybe his wallet, if I can say that, instead of serving God. How many of us and how many different times of our life has this been a God? You with me? A lot of us. Has this been a God to us? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to build it up. I'm trying to make something happen. Yeah, okay, all right. I know I'll be in church, but if I work Sunday, man, I can make double and triple and whatever time. Yeah, God wants me to be somewhere, but He'll understand if I miss this one time. And we serve our wallets, don't we? Yeah. I'm not saying exactly, I can't dogmatically say that's what happened to Terah. But what I know, the truth of the scripture is, he intended to get over there, and he got sidetracked and ended up there and died there. Daddy got sidetracked. What would have, what would have happened had he have gone all the way? Well, if he would have gone all the way, he would have seen Abraham growing in his faith to the Lord, with the Lord. He would have, he would have seen some great blessings. He would have seen uh, perhaps uh, Abraham. Abraham's 75 years old when his daddy died. We don't know why he died in Haran. Maybe, maybe it was of old age. Or perhaps God said it's time. But whatever the case, perhaps he could have seen Abraham have Isaac. 
Perhaps he could have seen Abraham uh, uh, flourish there and see the promised land and enjoy all of that. He could have seen a lot of things. But yet he got distracted and he died in Haran. It's interesting, if you look up the definition of the name Terah, it means delay. Delay. That's what his name means. You ever been distracted? Yeah. You ever start out with good intentions? (laughs) We probably shouldn't raise our hand, guys. Start out with a project at home. And you get distracted, don't you? Then you go to sell your house. Why didn't I never finish that thing? Right? Or am I just confessing my own sins? All right, good. (laughs) He got distracted. He got sidetracked. He never made it. Now Abraham picked up and said, Okay, God's reminding me here. I need to make it there. Though daddy didn't, I'm going to. Praise God for that faith. Praise God for Abraham and all that he did. He also got distracted in his life, didn't he? When he went to Egypt. Yeah, he did. I wonder where he learned it from. It's easy to walk in the same footsteps of what comes in front of us, isn't it? Yeah. Who else got distracted? His grandson Isaac, didn't he? Yeah, you see a progression here, don't you? Yeah, because Isaac went over and was with the Philistines for a while, wasn't he? Did the same thing daddy did. Doing the same thing granddaddy did too, didn't he? We don't know all the reasons for the distraction in Tara's life. God doesn't write much about him. But what we do know is that he got distracted, he got sidetracked, and he died in Haran. Never made it. Consider some things this morning. Because he got sidetracked, he missed the blessings of God. He missed the promised land that God was going to give to Abraham... We don't know the full story. Again, God doesn't write much about him. God is clear on this thing that the memory of the just is, is blessed. He says that in Proverbs 10. He says the memory of the just is blessed. Abraham will, will, will live on uh, in, the, in the Bible and in history books and all of that in the Jews for, forever. Because Abraham, they call him his father, right? But Terah, who's ever heard of Terah? You with me? The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that the, the memory of the just is blessed, but the, that of the wicked, I think it's a thought, it might actually say the memory again, it will rot. It'll rot away. It'll soon be forgotten. It, it's not pleasant and it'll soon be forgotten. Terah got sidetracked and he missed the blessings of God. It could have been that it was supposed to be, it, it's possible not saying dogmatically, I'm saying it's possible it could have been Terah, Abraham, and Isaac instead of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But it got delayed. His name means delay. Perhaps he was just supposed to be there to enjoy the blessings. Either way, because he got sidetracked, he missed the blessings of God. Secondly, notice this. He, his choice affected his family for many generations. Stick with me here. When Abraham told his servant to go find a bride for Isaac, 
Where did he have to send him? To Herod. Are you following me now? Remember he told him? I don't remember what chapter it is, but it's a few chapters after this. He sends his servant, Eliezer, sends him after a bride for Isaac. And he says, go on back to where I, where I came out of, and you go to, to the family there, and you find a bride for my son Isaac. And he says, he says, don't take Isaac there. I don't want him to get distracted up there like daddy did, like granddaddy did. You go get a wife and you bring, him back, bring her back here because this is where God wants us to be. His family was affected for a long time. Think about the next one. Isaac's son, Jacob. Where did he have to go to find a wife? Same place. Same place. You look on the map, it's the same place. I think he calls it Padanaram, but it's the same exact location. He goes up there to his mama, Rebecca's place, and finds Rachel, doesn't he? Well, he finds Leah too, but we're not getting it. That's a whole other message. All right, moving on. It affected his family for generations because Tara got sidetracked. Hey, when we get, when we get sidetracked, it affects our family. Consider my choices as a, as a husband and as a father and how much that affects my wife and children. I know this is where God wants me to be, but I could have said no to it. I could have let my side business distract me and said no to the will of God. I could have let the fire department distract me and I could have said no to the will of God. I could have let my wife's family distract us and say no to the will of God. I could have let a lot of things distract us and say no to coming to where I'm supposed to be. And you know what? My kids wouldn't be here in this school. We had a great first week of school. Praise the Lord for it. My kids were loving it. Loving it. You know what? Maybe, maybe God wants us here for this time. Maybe my kids are in the school for this time so that my children can find the mate that God has picked out for them. You with me? They'd be in a whole other place if daddy wouldn't have made the right decision. And it would affect, affect my family for generations. For generations. If they marry outside the will of God, think of the grandchildren. They would affect my family for generations. Yours too. Think of the practicality of what we're talking about. When we're either in the will of God or out of the will of God. And how your decisions are affecting your family. And it will be that way for generations. Generations. It doesn't matter. If we're talking about what church you go to or what job you take or what school you put your kids into or where, what city you live in, it affects your family forever. Are you in the will of God or are you not? Daddy got sidetracked. Have you? Let's, let's wrap it all up. Let's make application of this for ourselves. It's summertime. It's the end of summer, right? We've just had our first week of school. Today's the last Sunday of August. It's easy in summertime to get distracted, isn't it? It's easy in summertime to, to get out of routine and get distracted. 
There's vacation, there's no school, there's other things. It's easy to get distracted. Let's talk to fathers for a moment. It's easy to get distracted in things we want to do. We, we spend a lot of time trying, to, trying to, uh, to serve our families and make sure everything's right, especially when you have small children and all that. And sometimes we can just get out of it and we can serve ourselves for a while and get distracted and we don't realize what we're doing to our families because we're being selfish. You know it's true and I know it's true because I've been there. Mamas can do the same exact thing. And we can get, you can get distracted. I'm not a mama, I said we. <laughs> you, okay? Mamas, you can get distracted and you can affect your children and your husband for the rest of your life. Sometimes we get distracted and it's not just a little want or a little something over here, but we open the door to sin and let it creep open just a little bit. And what happens? Our kids come through and bust that door wide open. And you look in the Bible here. I'm thinking about preaching a message on it. You look at all the kings of Israel. It says that they followed after the sin of Jeroboam. Jeroboam, all he did was he gave worship to a little bit of convenience. Instead of going to Jerusalem, you don't have to travel so far. You can worship right here. Jeroboam was the guy that, remember Rehoboam and Jeroboam, the kingdom split. And you had the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom. And he said, "Why you don't have to go to Jerusalem to serve God. You can serve Him right here. And he cracked that door open. A couple generations later, there, it's idol worship going on. He cracked the door open to sin. Gave them a, a, a worship of convenience. Kids came through and kicked that door wide open. And now they're full into idolatry. Because somebody got sidetracked a little bit. Somebody opened the door. Oh God, that I, don't let me be the, be, be the father that, that, that allows something in my home that my children, where my children are weak and they will take it and run with it because I just cracked the door just a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about right here? I'm talking about a, a Friday night having a beer. You with me? Friday night, having a beer because I've had a long week. If daddy could have a beer on Friday night, then I can have one on Monday and Wednesday night. And next thing you know, we've got a family of alcoholics because daddy opened the door a little bit. Mom and dad, this is what they watched on television. And, and the preacher would preach against that, but they watched this thing here. And next thing you know, the kids are taking it and running with it. It is natural that mankind always leans to the left. I mean, further away from what, what's, been, uh, what's been taught, the, what's right, what's all of that. It's leaning left, leaning, leaning further to sin. It's, it's natural because we're sinners. And it's only by the intervention of God and the faith of an individual and the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God that they would come back to the right. Come back to what's right. You see the progression. You see it in the Word of God. You see it in your own families. You see it in your friends. Where mom and dad, instead of putting importance on the house of God and on the Word of God, they say, well, you know, sometimes we can miss it for a ball game. Sometimes we don't have to do that, or sometimes every once in a while we can just forget about it. And next thing you know, their kids aren't even in church when they get to be adults. 
Because it wasn't real to mom and dad, so why has it got to be real to me? We crack the door open. Daddy and mommy get sidetracked and it affects your family for generations. Generations. Now, it's easy to get sidetracked. Maybe you, you have been sidetracked. Can I tell you this? I serve a gracious God. Whew. I am one right here telling you that God gave me a second chance. He gave me a second chance. He gave the prophet Jonah a second chance too, didn't he? Jonah surely got sidetracked, didn't he? Yeah. Some of you have been sidetracked too. You're just like me. You're living, living for me. Living for flesh. Living for your, your wallet. Living for whatever pleased you and pleased your flesh. And maybe right now you're still in that sidetrack lane. You know what you need to do? Come home. Come home. Put some importance on the Word of God. I'm done living it my way. I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to blow it because flesh always does that. Let me get back to the Word of God. Tired of doing it my way, I'm going to get to the house of God where the preaching of the Word of God is and I'm going to soak it in and let the Holy Spirit of God change me from within. I'm not talking about doing it just right on the outside where, you know, I got my suit on, I got my tie on, I'm buttoning it just right. No, I'm not talking about being pharisaical. It's nice to dress up for church. I'm saying don't do it from the outside in, do it from the inside out. Let the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God penetrate your heart and do what's right. You know the first thing, there's a growth chart in 2 Peter. 2 Peter, there's a growth chart. It says, add to your faith virtue. Right? And then it keeps adding things. It's a growth chart. It's a spiritual growth chart. Again, the very first thing you do after you get saved is you add to your faith a add virtue. You know what virtue is? It's character. It's doing right because it is right. Well, I got saved. God says He wants me to be in church. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So I'm going to do right and I'm going to be in church. I don't always understand it all. I don't always want to be there. I don't always, I'm not always awake. Yeah. Sometimes Mrs. Woolard's had to take her fingernail and dive into my palm right here to keep me awake in church. Yeah, I've been there. You're not alone. (laughs) But that's what's right, so I'm going to do it. And I'm going to teach my children to do it. And I'm going, to, I'm going to ask God to help me to stay consistent and be faithful so my children will learn that. Because I need it and so do they. Sometimes we get sidetracked. It's time to come back. Turn back to the Lord. Well, how do you start? Again, you start right here. Put some importance on the Word of God and on the house of God. That's where you get started. I'm going to do what's right because it is right. And as God teaches me from the Word of God what is right, I'm going to do that. Too often we get sidetracked. Listen here, listen here. If that's you this morning, if that's you, it's been me. It's been me at different times in my life. 
It's not always a, we're flesh. It's not always a spirit of revival. Sometimes we just get in the slump. We get distracted. It could be the littlest thing or it could be a really big thing. I'm telling you what, many of you are just like me where there's been different times, multiple times in your life where you've been sidetracked. And I'm telling you right here, it's been multiple for me. Don't die there. Tara died there. He never got back on the road. He never went and finished it. He died there. Don't die there. There's a good old-fashioned altar right here. We come down here and we pour our heart out to God and we say, Lord, forgive me for my distraction, for my sin. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Help me to do, do right. And I'm going to start by putting an importance on the Word of God and on the house of God. And I want to do right. Help me. Then you can start learning those specific things that you need to change or need to grow or need to do. Think of the difference in the family of Abraham had Granddaddy Terah been faithful and made it to where he was supposed to be. Maybe he would have been there to keep Abraham from going to Egypt. Maybe Isaac wouldn't have done that either. Don't die there. If you're alive, there's still time. I'm going to say that one more time and then we're going we're to, look, close my Bible. It's hope. Amen. If you're still alive and breathing, there's hope. If you're here this morning and you say, Preacher, I have no idea what you're even talking about. You're cuckoo. You're nuts. Here he is over here and he's running over there and he's zooming over here and he's talking about this and this. I don't even know what you're doing. Join the club. Mrs. Woolard's there. Are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? That's where it starts. Today is a day of salvation because you as a sinner can say, I'm a sinner. The Bible teaches that sinners deserve hell. That sin is the the only hope that sinners have. But Jesus Christ came and took the place. Took my place. Took your place. And that if we want to be saved, all we got to do is ask and believe. You can come to an old-fashioned altar this morning and say, I need to get saved. I want to be a child of God. And you can come on down here and get saved. Some, of, some in this room are already saved and you're awfully distracted. And some of us have had uh, different times in our life that we were distracted. Maybe I need to come down to this altar this morning and say, Lord, help me to stay on the right path and not get distracted by my flesh and what this old flesh wants. Because it's easy to happen. Lord, help us this morning, please, this invitation time.